Welcome, everybody, to the Sonoma Spiel. My name is Tim with the Sonoma Valley Visitors Bureau. It's a wonderful fall day in Sonoma in the wine country today. A little bit of frost on the pumpkins. I don't know if we had a real frost or a soft frost or a kind of a frost, but it's getting a little cold out there today, and that's okay. Um, as I was coming into the office today, into the studio, I should say, right outside my window at the Carnegie Library Visitor Center, the Sonoma Valley High School was setting up for homecoming, and uh, it's kind of a big deal in a small town. I don't know if you live in a small town, if you're listening to this, or you live in a big city, but here homecoming, we have one high school, Go Dragons, and they were getting ready for homecoming. They're setting up in the amphitheater. They have the green and the white set up, and Go Dragons is a big sign, and they're going to come up Broadway from the high school, and they're going to go around the plaza, and they're going to end up in a big rally, and there's going to be a band and music and getting everybody pumped up, and um, a lot of people watch football games. A lot of people watch you know all the different sports out here, but it's, it's kind of exciting being a part of that and seeing... All the kids coming out and the parents out there, and the floats and the different clubs and the bands and stuff like that. <laughs> um, excuse me. Other things happening around the plaza. There's a new bakery called Monday Bakery, and uh, it's it's fabulous. It's open on Monday. They say Monday is their Friday because they're closed Tuesdays and Wednesdays, so it's good to know. Uh, but a brand new bakery came in just off the plaza, and it's been very, very exciting getting a lot of people uh, running out to try it. And they were waiting in lines. Lines have gone down, so that's a good thing. Earlier this week, we had the San Francisco Tour Guide Guild come up and take a tour of the plaza. And George Weber, who I've had on the podcast prior, gave him a little spiel about the history of Cinema Valley and what's going on there. And uh, it was so good to see them because they help when a tour bus comes up from San Francisco or a cruise ship comes in, they bring up a lot of people to Cinema Valley and tell them what's happening here. And it was always good to give them the introduction. Um, and then earlier this week, Araldi's Men's Store which if you've been watching these on YouTube, sometimes you'll see my shirts, or maybe my pants if you're lucky. Uh, I buy these at Araldi's Men's Store. It's right on the Cinema Plaza, and it's celebrating its 100th anniversary this year. Dan Araldi, the owner, was like, eh, we're not going to make a big deal, which is very much like Dan, uh, but they did a big celebration for him, which is a good thing. So congratulations to them on 100 years of quality pants and shoes for men. Comfortable yet stylish, as <laughs> as we always are in Sonoma. I know every week I say I have a very special guest, and I know every week you guys are like what you do. But this this week, listeners, I mean it. This week, I actually mean it. From a farm, but a different type of farm in Sonoma called Charlie's Acres, I have Kaylee Rhodes. Kaylee, good morning, good afternoon, good day, whatever. How are you doing? Hi, great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming. And uh, is it right to call it a farm? Uh, uh, it's a farm animal sanctuary. Farm <laughs> animal. Okay, that's a good point, a good distinction I should quickly make. Yeah. Right? It's, it's a, uh, and it's called Charlie's Acres. Um, Kaylee, are you, are, are you from Sonoma? Uh, not originally. I've been here for about five years, but I uh, was born in San Diego. Okay. So did you guys have homecoming when you were in high school? Was that a thing? I went to a very, very small high school. Oh, you so did? we did not have homecoming. You did not have homecoming? <laughs> no, no football or anything. It no. was like wow. a small nerdy school. <laughs> oh, good for you. All right. Well, but you probably have good memories and, and stuff like Definitely. that. Definitely. Um, did you grow up as a farmer then? No, not at all. Go, this is really my first experience with farm animals. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then, um, from San Diego, you took your surfboard and you came up here, and you're you're doing it now. Can you tell me a bit about Charlie's Acres, which is not a farm farm, but a farm animal sanctuary? What is it? Yeah, so basically we have um, 150 rescued animal residents there at the oh, moment, wow. um, and 
we don't have an adoption program. Some sanctu- other sanctuaries will fill that role of adopting animals wait, out. Wait, wait, wait. So you, people can go there and adopt pigs and stuff like that? No, we don't have an adoption program. Right, but other people do but that? other places, yeah. So there's um, <laughs> other sanctuaries like uh, Jameson and Humane and Goatlandia what? that'll actually adopt out the animals, um, which is really cool. I, didn't know that. Okay. Um, I definitely okay. admire them for that. That's um, not something we're taking Got on it. at the moment. Our, right. our focus is more on education. Um, okay. So really, our goal is we invite people out to come mm-hmm. out for tours and then we'll share the animal stories with them and okay. just kind of introduce them and help them make a connection with these very underrepresented animals. And when you say animals, are we talking about exotic things like emus and uh, can you name more exotic animals? That's how far my <laughs> list goes. Or llamas or like, or are these like chickens? Like what, what do you mean by animals from farm animal sanctuary? Yeah. So these are mostly, these are really everything from EIEIO. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've got uh, cows, pigs, big farm pigs, as well as little pot belly pigs. Oh. Um, lots and lots of roosters. That's the number one request that we get. Oh. Goats, sheep, uh, cows, horses. Really? Yeah. So, so these are these are classic farm animals. Yes. That, like you said, E-I-E-I-O. And they're not exotic, exotic animals. Um, how do these animals come to you? A lot of different ways. So some of them um, have come directly from factory farms um, okay. where, uh, you know, activists may have worked out a deal with the factory farm, such as we have, um, for example, two female turkeys uh, okay. who I really, really love. Apropos, because Thanksgiving's coming yes. up. Okay. Um, I love them a lot. The turkeys were my surprise favorite. And these two girls were actually rescued by the actor James Cromwell, who oh. played the farmer in Babe. Yeah. And so he organized a release um, in 2018 of 100 turkeys on Thanksgiving Day from this factory farm, and then they all made like a plant-based um, meal for okay. the fa- the farm workers. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, so that's how we got some of them. <laughs> um, but then we have a number of um, you know goats and sheep from the 4-H program where the kids oh, decide right. at the end of the year that they don't want to sell them at auction. Okay. Um, and so they'll drop out of the program. Okay. Um, some are directly from abuse and neglect cases mm, and come in sad. in really bad yeah. condition. Okay. Some are... Um, Pets. A lot of the pot belly pigs were former pets. Yeah. So what was that was like a big trend. Like go get a pig, but get a pot belly pig, and they swear to God they stay small forever. Yeah. What happened there? Like why? So somehow it just went. This concept of teacup pigs went viral. Okay. Um, they're really just pictures of baby pigs. There's no pig that is going to remain this 20 pound little apartment pet forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they can make really excellent pets if right. you know what you're getting into and okay. you've got the space for them. Okay. Um, but but a they lot don't of, stay small. No, they get up to about 150, 200 pounds. <laughs> oh, that's a substantial animal. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so then there's a lot that need homes because okay. people aren't able to care for them and, and kind of were misinformed getting into it. Got it. OK. So it sounds like when people either make bad decisions or other people, or actually ignorant decisions or, or misinformed. Or there might be bad actors out there selling animals and like, oh, sure, this will stay small forever because they'll be gone by then. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you guys pick it up. Um, is this tell me, I mean, since this is the Visitors Bureau interviewing you, is this a place that people can go visit and see or how does that work? Yes, please. We have a lot of different opportunities for people to visit. Um, mm-hmm. So we do a uh, 
private tours seven days a week. Um, mm-hmm. So you can just go on our website, charliesacres.org, to book those. Um, and we also have um, a lot of fun events. Okay. So tomorrow we actually have our Halloween event. Well, I saw that on your website. So yeah. t- tell me about that. That's my absolute favorite event of the year. Um, so the kids will actually, it's more of a kid and community focused event. Um, and the kids will come in their costumes and they will get to kind of do a reverse trick or treat um, and walk around the sanctuary handing treats to the animals. I love that. Wait, <laughs> so what, but not like Snickers bars and Twixes. No, we'll have okay. like carrot sticks and celery <laughs> and got stuff it. like that. Got it. Um, got it. We'll do some fun, um, let kids throw pumpkins to the pigs. So okay. we do like a big pumpkin smash. Okay. Um, the pigs will bob for apples as well. And pigs like pumpkins, but they eat them. Yes. Yes. They love okay. them. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's super fun. And then um, do, do people normally have to sign up for that or they sort of show up or how does that work? Um, yeah. We'll need people to sign up for that. Um, so that is also on our website, on our visit page. Got um, it. Yeah. We've got a few spots left, but okay. it's definitely going to be a busy day tomorrow. <laughs> I love this. So it sounds like, you know, you have activities, people can show up, they can do something. Why does Charlie's Acres exist then? If you're inviting people there to see that, is there a, a greater mission behind it, or is it just like we just love pot-bellied pigs? Yeah. So our founder Tracy, she um, originally bought this property in Sonoma, thinking that she was going to start a dog and cat rescue. Oh. Um, okay. So Charlie of Charlie's Acres is actually her Chihuahua, um, who is oh. 15 years old and oh, still wow. running around the sanctuary. Okay. Okay. Um, and you know, as she. Um, she was kind of learning more about farmed animals at the time, and she was going plant-based herself. Okay. Um, and so she just realized that even in the rescue world, there's uh, there's not a lot of help for farmed animals. Mm, um, mm. And, you know, even um, I've worked at some animal rescues that would still serve steak at our fundraisers. Um, so there really is this disconnect. And got so it, her goal it. was just to kind of allow people to meet these animals that a lot of us really don't get to interact with otherwise. Right. right. We are way removed from any of our food sources, especially our protein sources, I guess. Yes. Because, you know, you can grow tomatoes uh, at, a, at a cost of like 700 tomatoes per tomato after you've bought the, everything in the, in the land and stuff like that in your backyard. But a lot of people don't know who, who eat meat, the process, what that meat goes through. And it was an animal. And, and maybe it wasn't raised the most humane way, especially if it's a cheaper protein. So it sounds like you have a mission to educate Visitors that maybe there's a different path. Is that kind of what you guys are doing? Exactly. Yeah, and I think you know it's only fair that people understand, like you said, where their food is coming from and Mm -hmm. what the treatment of these animals is like. Um, Mm -hmm. About 99% of the animal agriculture that occurs in this country is on factory farms, Mm -hmm. Um, and so those are big, big industrial um, farms. So they're not. They're not like you you said, EIEIO. So in the in the in the common American, you know, fairy tale land, there's a farmer. Farmer has, you know, their whole family out there, and there's like a couple animals. It's like babe, like you're right, saying. Right, right. But the reality might be a little bit different. Is, is a factory farm massive and huge and mechanized kind of thing? Here? Exactly. Yeah, okay. the animals are crowded in. It's very mm. stressful, and their their welfare. I think any time that you're making money off of animals, their welfare really is not going to come first. It's not the biggest part of the equation. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So the mission there is to not only be a sanctuary, but through the sanctuary, educate people 
about maybe a plant-based lifestyle. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, we try and do it in a really fun way, though. Okay. So if anyone is um, afraid that it's just going to be a bunch of vegans yelling at you, that's definitely not what we do. Well, it was pretty rough. You hit me over the head with a carrot before we started. But uh, yeah, so okay, so it's not like that. No. Um, so we do a lot of really fun things. Uh, one of the things we do are our vegan picnic tours. Um, oh. So we'll go around the sanctuary and do a tour and then actually bring people back to our picnic area for um, a totally plant based um, cheese and salami charcuterie platter. For real? Yeah. So, um, and oh. we'll do wine as well um, from, uh, we have a partner at Etude okay. Winery. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so that's really cool because we can really show people that they can have this luxury wine country experience right, right. that's totally friendly to animals. 100% plant-based. And I saw on your website here, you know, of course you have the cute animals in the front and stuff like that, but you also have um, under Learn More, the plant-based eating information. Yeah. And then you have a couple of different companies, some of which are right here. Uh, Miocas Creamery is, I think, in Petaluma or, or nearby. Yeah. Um, a lot of these are nearby here or in, or in California, Califia Farms and almond milk and stuff like that. So you actually give people the resources they need to choose plant-based if, if that's what they're trying to explore. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. And we're not, you know, we're not trying to be pushy about it, but we just want to be informative. And um, we sell some plant-based uh, food items in our gift shop. So we okay. have um, renegade vegan salami. We've uh, got like, you know, what? totally vegan milk chocolates. And what? Oh, yeah. I guess milk chocolate is. So what Okay, now I have to ask, what is vegan salami? What is that made out of? Um, so they have um, a lot of really cool ingredients in okay. there, yeah. um, but it's primarily uh, wheat gluten. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. So, But it, yeah, it has a really incredible flavor. And okay. if you see it on a charcuterie board, you would never know. Well, and I think what's, I mean, talking about plant-based and stuff like that, uh, was it Burger King or one of them introduced the Beyond Meat? Mm -hmm. one, and some of the big chains, they're all kind of like fighting each other to come out with these meat alternatives yeah. that... Um, you appear to be very young to me. So when I was a kid and we were getting meat alternative hamburgers, they were awful pucks of like <laughs> like peas and beans yeah. mashed together. There was this cookbook. Ready? Uh, here's the sound of the past. Doodle -doo, doodle -doo, called the Moosewood Cookbook. And that was oh. like the standard vegetarian. If you lived in a co-op in Madison, Wisconsin, like my sister did. <laughs> And then you would eat out of the Moosewood cookbook. And it was a great, wonderful cookbook, right? It was like the standard for this kind of vegetarian. Oh, we've got a vegan. copy. <laughs> yeah, so, but if you look in there, a lot of bulgur wheat, a lot of um, hearty stuff that really scoured out your insides. We've come so far where now Burger King, is it Burger King that was doing Beyond Meat? One of them was I doing think, it. Uh, they've all pretty much done it they at this offer point. They offered this, yeah. yeah, which is completely amazing. Because if you told someone that back in the 80s, they would say you've lost your mind, right? That's crazy. And it's just kind of how many more people are choosing uh, a meatless or meat-free or meat-light uh, lifestyle. So it's that's... But you guys must be doing a lot of work out there. <laughs> yeah, we'll take credit for all that. <laughs> Kaylee, how did you come to be in this place? How did you end up working on a farm doing like uh, essentially uh, education and also helping animals like this? Yeah, um, I've always loved animals. Uh, my background, I actually I have a degree from Berkeley with um, in. Hold on. Go Bears. Go Bears. Go. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, in anthropology and you conservation. Okay, um, so I actually started out my career working with primates. OK. Um, that was my focus. So I traveled really? to Borneo and worked with orangutans. You did? Yeah. Really? <laughs> um, you did? did you? Okay. In, in Borneo? Yeah. That's yeah. phenomenal. And then okay. um, I worked at a chimp sanctuary up in Oregon for a few years. Okay, but chimpanzees are really scary, right? Like they they're are. They're super strong. They are. They're um, super strong. 
Yes, it's yeah. definitely a lot different than working with farm animals. And it actually <laughs> took me a little while to feel right. comfortable around yes. some of the animals because I was so used to working with these dangerous animals. Yeah, because they're just like we are primates and are dangerous animals. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, wow. So you're up in Oregon at a chimpanzee rescue. Yeah. And so these were all chimps who had come from the pet and entertainment industries. Um, People raise chimpanzees as pets for real? Uh, yeah, it's not a good idea. Is it legal? It's not legal anymore. Okay. Yeah, I think it was in 2018, I want to say, it became illegal. Um, Right. But, yeah, it's definitely not a good idea to keep chimps as pets. Um, How, because don't they weigh like 150 pounds, 200 pounds, the the males? Yeah, and they are 10 times stronger than a human being. Yeah, like their muscle fibers have have like more strength than a ounce. Yeah, they have canine teeth that can crack a femur. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you don't want one in your house. Um, And then, you know, by the time they get to about five years old, they're too dangerous to keep. But they can live to be 60 years old. And they're super intelligent. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, And so that's how they end up in sanctuaries. Um, Wow. But this was in kind of a, it was in a rural area and it was real ranchy. um, And so we were still, um, like I said, at our fundraisers, we were always serving steak. Um, And... (laughs) Yeah, that was a little confusing right. for me. But it wasn't um, a vegetarian, per se, vegan right. thing. But they right. were still... Because, you know, the classic fundraiser, you get a table of eight, you have a bunch of wine, you have the steak or the chicken or the fish, right? Exactly. There's never a vegetarian option. Like, oh, I mean, you're vegetarian, right. here's, here's your salmon. You're like, I think that's an animal. Um, so that was how you raise a lot of money, I'm assuming. But yeah, I love that you had this insight that, huh... Huh. Yeah. This seems a little out of whack. Yeah, just telling people like how amazing chimps are and how we should, you know, really work to conserve their habitat, but then um you know, serving food that's not super environmentally friendly either. Yeah, um, beef has a lot of inputs. That's water, a lot of exports, like, or ex, you know, the, the methane and all right. the problems. And let's be honest, um, poop is a big problem on pig farms and cow farms. And, oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> and those concentrated feeding lots, which are just disgusting. And uh, wow. Okay, so you were there. You're up there in Chimpanzee Landia. You're up in Oregon. You're getting a bunch of tattoos and drinking weird coffee because you're <laughs> in Oregon. <laughs> what brings you down here? Um, so I was feeling... Um, um, after a few years up there, really ready to get back to California. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you like, know this, but um, Oregonians are not real big fans of California. Don't they give you a big hug? <laughs> like, we're so glad to see you buy more real estate. <laughs> exactly, we love exactly. You kept trying to pump your own gas. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that was pretty nice in the snow, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay, so you said, I'm going to head back to the, the state of my birth. Yeah. And okay. then um, a really good friend of mine was actually the animal director, animal care director at Charlie's Acres. Okay. And so at about the same time I was ready to get back to California, she said, we're hiring for an office manager position. Okay. Why don't you come down here? Okay. You can, you know, move in with us. So right. I got this amazing opportunity to live with my really good friends and oh, work cool. with them. And um, okay. yeah, I think my job titles changed three times since I've been there in the, in the <laughs> past five years. What's, so. what's your current job title? Sanctuary director. Sanctuary director. That's yeah. a good title. Yeah, it's a good okay. one. Okay. <laughs> when you first started, what was it? Was office it? manager. Office manager slash rooster wrangler yes. slash, yeah. <laughs> um, did your education at Berkeley prepare you for being working on a sanctuary. She did anthropology, you said. Right, right, right. Um, No, I mean, I would say my background working with animals definitely Mm -hmm. prepared me more for being conscious of what um, farmed animals need as well. Okay. But, um, yeah, maybe the background in anthropology would be more so on the tour side and just, Mm. like, kind of learning how to talk to people and being really culturally sensitive because... 
food is a really culturally sensitive issue. Everyone eats and everyone's got opinions about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. I really think that's it. That's we don't realize how deeply ingrained food and our traditions are to who we are. Exactly. Right? Um, we don't, at my house, uh, I have a child with a lot of allergies, so we don't have any dairy products mm. that they eat. I say they. I will <laughs> eat cheese. <laughs> um, and, you know, we have a little bit there once in a while. But uh, my wife's family comes from the dairies of Wisconsin. Mm. And, so it, <laughs> and so my wife says, oh, you know, I'm drinking almond milk or oat milk. I can tell there's like that weird thing because her her father owned a da- her grandfather owned a dairy right. right and that was such a part of their family history and the lore and what provided for that family yeah you know? and so I can see that food is something that's so deep within people's culture and their background that you have to kind of dance around that and and listen I'm sure yeah and you know we've had dairy farmers come out to the sanctuary mm-hmm. and I've spoken with them and you know the factory farms were talking about. They don't, the small dairies don't love them either. You know, they're driving them out of business. They're really um, almost making them like, in an indentured servant sort of way. Um, yeah. where and um, Like they're dictating the price and they can barely make it. Exactly. It's like the Walmart to the supplier. Right? Yeah, they're yeah. really being taken advantage of too. So I don't really see us as being at odds mm-hmm. um, with local farms. Um, like I said, factory farming is 99% of animal <laughs> agriculture. So that's what we're focused on. Yeah, I've got a... Uh I got a, uh, a neighbor in my town who's a pig farmer, and he's he's really having a hard time. And it's just just him, you know. And uh, it's small, and it's the same way because people when they buy their proteins, they're 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 looking for the cheapest thing out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to survive as a smaller farmer, you have to either have a super specialized product, and that's why people do turn to grapes or cannabis or whatever right. that you can grow. Um, or say, well, I've been doing this for so long. It's my family business. What do I do next? Right. You know, and how do you prepare? Um, do you think going to Berkeley, which has a tradition of people being very emphatic <laughs> and having a lot of opinions, <laughs> did you have exposure to vegetarianism and vegan ideas there and food politics, or was that something that came to later? Uh, no, it was definitely at Berkeley. Um, I went vegetarian when I was about 12 years old. Okay. Um, in San Diego. Uh, in San Diego. After Eastern San Diego a pig. or Western San Diego? Western San Diego. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one out there in the desert. Yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah, so I was a city girl. Um, so the first time I ever actually met a pig. Um, <laughs> Where does one meet a pig in San Diego? Uh, so a family friend actually was raising one in their backyard. Long story, but... Um, yeah, they. so I would go over and feed this pig all yeah. the time. Um, and, you know, me and my sisters would go over and give her treats and stuff. And yeah. her name was Chachi. And and um, one day there was a uh, church picnic and Chachi, Chachi. was the, the meal. Yeah, and Chachi that didn't really away. sit right with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Poor Chachi. Right. So um, I went vegetarian mm. then. And then at Berkeley, um, I took a class um, called Expanding Social Justice to Our Furry Friends. Okay. And that very quickly turned me vegan. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Okay. Were your parents, were they supportive of your shift to vegetarianism when you were young? Or was it like, no, we're not doing that? 
My mom was really, really supportive. Yeah, okay. she de- definitely learned how to cook a lot of new recipes. Okay. And yeah, uh, you got to retrain yourself. Yeah, it's so easy to put an animal protein in a pan. Yeah, and, and even then little throw things, some veg around it, like so, chicken broth. Right. That you don't even think about sometimes. Yeah, because making vegetable stock takes a long time. It's yeah. good though. It's really good. Um, well, getting back to Charlie's Acres, if people when they want to come visit, do they need to make a reservation, or is it like you can have certain hours they can just stop by? How does that work? So we only do guided tours, so we do ask people to make a reservation. Um, Is that because you're a working farm? And so... (laughs) Because we're a working farm. Yeah. So, um, you know, our tour guides just may be like busy with other tours or yeah, that we just may not have someone available to show you around. And we really do want to be able to um, share the animal stories with people rather okay. than just having them walk around petting animals without kind Got of knowing it. the context. Is, is there a specific story that comes to mind when you have a certain animal to talk about? Yeah. Um, one of my favorite stories is um, a cow named Simon. Okay. Um, and Simon what came from a petting zoo in Sacramento, and okay. they weren't really taking very good care of the animals there. Mm. Um Actually, I only learned this with his rescue. Petting zoos that use farm animals actually have no regulations on them. Oh, there's like a weird loophole, huh? Yeah. Um. Wait, so not even the same regulations that a farm has. Yeah, so there's not like safety regulations there. Um, So Simon was really, really sick. And he was visibly sick enough that people reached out in his community. um, And they... Uh, talked to the um, petting zoo owners and arranged for him to be able to come live with us. No, come on. You liberated him under cover of night. <laughs> like, bring Simon home. Okay, so you guys made a, a deal so Simon can get free. Yeah, okay. and so when Simon arrived, he had to spend a whole week at UC Davis in the hospital because oh, he was wow. so sick. He okay. had pneumonia and salmonella, um, which is not great for kids going in and petting him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then we had this sad, sick little 80-pound calf um, at our sanctuary that we were bottle feeding wearing full hazmat gear because we didn't want to get salmonella salmonella either. And nobody wants to get salmonella. No, absolutely not. Um, But a few weeks, uh, let's see, I think eight weeks later, he Mm. was able to go out into the big pasture and it was the first time he'd had all that space and he pretty much ignored all the other cows and just raced around until he was so exhausted that he just collapsed in the barn and then all the other cows surrounded him and started sniffing him and now he's the tallest cow we have he's so huge and he's still just like this big goofy puppy and was he raised because i know there's uh dairy style cows right you jerseys and guernseys and whatever dutch belted and then there's like cows that were raised for beef what, mm. what kind of cow cattle like whatever the heck they're called what, what, yeah what he? he's a guernsey i believe guernsey. and he so he was raised for dairy, dairy um but obviously you don't really need a lot of males in the dairy yeah, the industry male dairy cows have either one really busy job or one job that ends quickly yeah got it okay so that's okay he's a dairy cow because i've seen sometimes the big um I don't know the proper term. Is the proper term cattle? What the heck's the name for a cow? Are all cows cows? But some uh, cows are female. Cow, cows, yeah. And, and then, then depending steers? on if they're like. If they're fixed, they're ha- steers? Yeah. Yeah. And then if they're not, they're the males are bulls. Right. And then. But we call bulls cows. Are they yeah, called cattle? cows is the overarching term. Isn't that weird? We call them cows. But the female's also a cow. So is a female yeah. cow a cow cow? Oh. <laughs> You stumped me here. <laughs> Quick, cattle farmer, let us know. Okay, so yeah. anyway, my point being, there's the cows with the big horns yeah. that they often raise for meat. Then there's the cows that probably also have big horns, but we don't know that because they don't last that long, but also are dairy cows. Exactly. And then there's 
oxen, which are something else entirely. But yeah, we don't have any of those, but that'd don't. be pretty cool. That would be neat. <laughs> um, you also mentioned you have a lot of roosters. We have a lot of roosters. Why is that? For someone who doesn't know a lot about chickens, but kind of wants one, why... Do you have so many roosters? So, um, yeah, every spring, you know, everyone goes to the feed store and buys yeah. their chicks. Yes, $2, um, $3, tractor exactly. supply, they're right there, yes. Um, unfortunately, it's very hard to properly sex chickens. Right. Um, so statistically, one in 10 will actually be missexed. Got it, okay. Um, so okay. if you buy 10 chicks, there is a good chance one of them's gonna be a rooster. Can, okay, can you just turn a chicken over and look? To uh, tell? Not really. Other, not really, because yeah, I've, I've seen baby Chicks. Yeah. They're small. Yeah, okay. it's not easy. It's not that easy. So the 10% rule. Right. I can see now. Okay. Yeah. So then so you come home and you're like, I've got these beautiful laying hens. They're fantabulous. And then one morning at four o'clock. Exactly. You got a rooster. And roosters are, uh, I lived in a country with roosters uh, everywhere. I mean, in addition to this country. Uh, roosters are jerks. <laughs> roosters are the meanest. I can't say that. They're jer- they will chase you. They will fight you. If you're walking through the yard, they're mean. It's a certain degree, right? Because these are, I mean, these, these were They're very protective of their families. Yes. I mean, not, they're not your rooster. So I'm assuming people call you, they figure out they have a rooster. And you guys take them. And your roosters are nice because they're mellow and they're calm and they've done yoga or something like that. So how do you? Um, I would say some of our roosters are nice. (laughs) Um, We have one named Seymour who's a lap rooster. And he's so, so sweet. He's never bitten anybody. He just wants to sit on everyone's lap. Oh, nice. Lovely. Um, And then we've got um, Brewster the rooster uh, who is a little bit of a jerk to humans. Uh But we forgive him for it because he's so good to his hens. Okay. He's, you know, roosters are a real family man. Right, right, um, right, right, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, if you see the hens out there eating, he's not eating. He's standing, looking yeah, around. Yeah, kind of stand guard and kind of like, right? That's, yeah, that's and why, I heard yeah. him, um, one time I heard him make this call, mm-hmm. and I'd never heard this sound before, and I note, look, and all the hens start racing inside, and I look up, and there's a red-tailed hawk oh, circling. Yeah. Yeah. So they have these alarm calls that, you know, are different for a predator on the ground versus mm. the sky. Mm. Um, so it is really important to have a rooster with your hens for for predator protection. protection. Right. We do, and we have a lot of red-tailed hawks in Sonoma County. We do. We, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a pigeon. Uh, I was walking out my front door, and my son was there with his friend, and I opened the door, and there was a pigeon, and then boom, just gone, and I'm like. What the <laughs> heck? And I look at the oak tree way over there and the hawk had taken it. It was so fast and so amazing. And my son was like, what was that? I'm like, I think a hawk just grabbed a pigeon in front of our face. Nature's hardcore. <laughs> <It's> hardcore. <laughs> but, but not at Charlie's Acres where it's nice. Yeah. They protect stuff. Um, you already mentioned it, but I want to make sure we have the website on there, Kaylee. What If people want to book the tours or find out how to get it, what is that website again? Yeah, our website is charliesacres.org. Okay. And that's where they can get all sorts of information and things like that. Um, before we get to our next section of the podcast where you can help me answer questions. Okay. Um, You've mentioned Simon. Was it Simon the rooster? Simon the cow. Simon the cow, and then and then Brewster the rooster. And a couple. Who names these animals? <laughs> um, we all kind of take turns naming them. Okay. Uh, we try and give them human names just to kind of help people uh, like right. make that connection. Right. Um, a lot of them have kind of old Victorian or Southern names. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So you know, there's Gertrude oh, and nice. and uh, an Roger. Hazel, Roger, good. <laughs> yeah. One named Gary. We don't have a Gary. 
no one's named Gary anymore except for a snail on SpongeBob. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to throw that out there. Gary is a name we got to bring back. Okay. Okay, Gary. All right, so I'm adding just, it to the list. Yeah, and maybe, um, well, there was Gary Gnu when I was a kid. That was a, that was a, a, a puppet. But yeah, if you find that, you don't have Gnu's out there, though, do you? No, I don't. I don't think those are farm animals. I, this just shows I'm, I'm really reaching the limits of my farm animal knowledge yeah. right now. <laughs> uh, but I love that you guys come up with different funny names that go there. Yeah. Sometimes we let our volunteers or our sponsors name them okay. as well, especially like if a group comes in. Okay. Um, when we rescued a pregnant potbelly pig and she oh. had eight piglets. Oh, my goodness. Um, we said the first eight people to sponsor her would be able to name a piglet. And That's great. That sold out in an hour. <laughs> get naming rights for piglets. Yep. <laughs> you know what? The world would be better if people stopped paying off politicians and started naming piglets, right? Yeah, saving exactly. Pigs. Thank you. Thank you, all you lobbyists out there. Give your money to something better. Um, you mentioned groups. Do groups come out there? Like, can people book a group tour or something like that? Yeah, you can book a group tour. We actually have a lot of corporate groups that come okay. out for um, like team building volunteer days. Um, so they'll go. Tell me about that. What do they do? Um, so you'll come out and we'll usually set up a few different options for you because not everyone wants to go in with the animals. Okay. Yeah. Um, be scared. Yeah, yeah. So we usually set up a garden project um, okay. and then. Um, put people to work, uh, typically in the pig pasture poop scooping, which sounds like it would be really unappealing. Yes. But it's very funny because the pigs are in there with you and they're oh. coming up to you and they're asking for belly rubs <laughs> and they're knocking your bucket over right. and... You're picking up pig poop, putting it in a bucket. I love that. Yep. And you're out there with your corporate group and you're like, you know what? This sure as heck beats the office any day. Yeah. Who doesn't want to see their, their co-worker rubbing a pig belly? <laughs> Or your boss sitting knee-deep in pig crap. Yes. <laughs> That's right. And you said it flows downhill, but now you're standing in it. Boss, deal with it. Um, I love that, Kayla. That's, that's fantastic. So charliesacres.org is where they can get more information, book corporate groups. Um, yeah, we'll do, we've tours. done a few like holiday parties out okay. there as well. So we're definitely open to doing that. Okay, that's pretty good. What's the weirdest animal you have out there? The weirdest animal is uh, probably our silky roosters. Um, so silky chickens, um, people used to say that they were half chicken, half rabbit hybrids. Oh. That's not the case, okay. obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's an unholy alliance. Yeah. <laughs> but they do look like rabbits. They're just these really, really fluffy chickens. Okay. Um, Are they the ones with all the feathers in the feet? Or is that different? Uh, some of them, oh, yeah. So a silky... Silky digit. chicken, okay, yeah. Chicken. And so... Um, People get them as pets a lot because okay. they are extremely cute. Okay. Um, but when they start crowing, <laughs> you're like, that's not so good. Yeah. Oh, so the silkies are the the kind of fun animal out there. Oh, they're all fun. They're all fun. Right. You said you have goats too. We've got goats. Yeah. Goats are fun too, but goats are also kind of jerks. If you turn your back on a goat, sometimes they are willing to like little guys like bonk you. You know. We have a what we call our ambassador group and our right. non-ambassador oh, group go. of goats, yeah. and so we have goats that are very gentle that we right. take people in with. Um, we do goat yoga with them. Oh yeah, of course. And then we've got across the the way a few teenage boys with thirty inch horns, yes. and they think it's really funny to headbutt you. Yes. Yes, when I used to work in the Caribbean, we were going up the hill, crossing a field after surviving a rooster attack. <laughs> On the other side, this like goat comes out of nowhere, and you had to be ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, they don't mess around, man. Those goats are they're there. Um, well, Kaylee, you've told me a lot about all these amazing things at Charlie's Acres, and that's, that's wonderful. And you've answered a lot of questions. But today, you're going to help me do something else. So as you know, 
as you as you know, we have two visitor centers, um, and people ask us questions all the time. You're going to take the place of one of the volunteers, and you're going to help me answer some questions in a segment that we call We Get, get, get questions. questions. Okay, I'll do my best. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, first of all, uh, this one came in through Facebook, and I'm going to read it to you verbatim. Okay. Hi. They use a lot of eyes. Looking for recommendations for about 30 employees for a work holiday party (laughs) that isn't super expensive, but worth it. Thank you in advance. Oh my gosh, what an excellent question. Um, Charlie's Acres is a wonderful place to have your holiday party. Um, We work with a number of caterers um, that do some incredible plant-based food. Um, We have a huge picnic area, so you can do something outside, or we also, if the weather's not too good, um, we have a beautiful new education center that was just completed last year. Um, And yeah, we'd love to do holiday parties for you. I love that. And we didn't ask, you are located about, what, 10 minutes from the plaza? Yeah. So just, not far away from Yeah, there. just okay. on Napa Road. Okay. And to be clear, there's a Napa Road and a Napa Street, and to have chaos ensue, ask a local. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? But so you're off Napa Road, heading towards Napa, actually, away yeah, from the Yeah, just past Burndale. Oh, yeah, there you go. So um, I love that. That's a good answer. So 30 employees work holiday party. Uh, Charlie's Acres is a great choice. We'll do it, and, yeah. And you can do something good. You have caterers out there, which is fantastic. Uh, I would also say if you if you... If you're allergic to animals, or for some reason you don't want to do Charlie's Acres, there are a lot of places and restaurants that can hold a group of 30. Oftentimes, they'll have private um, back area. But also like the Sonoma Community Center, which is a local uh, building here. It was a former school. It was also the setting for the movie Scream. If you've seen it, you're like, that looks familiar. Uh, They have a kitchen, and there's caterers in there, and you can do events in there. They're they're really fun. You can bring in wine, I believe, and stuff like that. Uh, Many wineries, of course, will have venues. They're not on the inexpensive side, Mm -hmm. usually. Uh, but you know what? There's also the plaza and some of our parks. You could do a park, something like that, and have a great holiday party and, and have a good time. So that's a good question. And uh, I hope whoever asked that question has a good time at their holiday party. Yeah. So, so we got this question from a guy. Um, so there might have been a language issue from another country. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and he was interested in, in getting ready. Where can I get dried grapes? Dried grapes like to eat (laughs) (laughs) we think we're so this is this is one of the things you talk about cultural anthropology Uh right um english wasn't this man's first language and uh so we were thinking maybe he meant raisins Mm. which you can get almost anywhere right right um and so i think that's what he was saying i don't think he meant I don't know. Or he was asking about wine grapes that dry, which some people do do that. You can make raisins. Wine grapes still have a seed in them. Um, right. So you can eat the seed. Most people, when they take the grapes and they take the seed out, they use that for another product. You can use it to make oil with. You mm. can use it to as a scrub, right? You can do uh, spa products with it. But yeah, for dried grapes, um, normally we call them raisins. A farmer's market. <laughs> Farmer's Market has it. Sonoma Market has raisins. Uh, You can buy them a lot of places. Most wine grapes don't make the best dried grape or raisin, Mm -hmm. right? I have read about a company. um, I can't remember what it's called at the moment, but they're actually making a vegan leather out of the leftover... Oh, um, really? Grape skins from oh, the wine great. industry. Hummus. Okay, yeah. Well, there was a company, I think they're called Nutraceuticals, that was making flour mm, and stuff out yes. of it. So, yeah, leather. So, there is a lot you can do. Um, yeah, they always say that, you know, one, one person's waste is another person's product. So, that you could use that 
for something else. Absolutely. And they, and they absolutely could. Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure that this dried grapes can become leather. Well done. <laughs> Gruther. Gleather? we got to think of a name for the yeah. grape, <laughs> grape leather. <laughs> I love your jacket. What is it? Oh, it's Zinfandel. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love the Zinfandel. Um, okay, here's another one we get. And how long have you been in town? Five years? Five years. Okay, maybe you know the answer to this one. Maybe you don't. Um, is that really the original Williams-Sonoma store? Um, whenever friends come to visit, I let them know that here we just call it Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be redundant. The Williams-Sonoma, Sonoma, Sonoma, Sonoma. Um, so do you, do you know what we're talking about? Yes. On Broadway? Yeah. Uh, just past Pete's? Um, I uh, believe it is, but... Okay. It is. <laughs> Good job. Don't quote me on that. No, it absolutely <laughs> is. Uh, in 1956, Chuck Williams opened his first cookware shop in Sonoma, California. And Chuck Williams had traveled to Europe and, uh, you know, around the world, but to Europe, and seen all the different ways people can use cookware and all the cool cookware that's out mm -hmm. there. And remember, this is a time in the 50s and 60s when we were moving towards more commodified, processed the factory farming we were talking right. about earlier. And he was like, no, 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 no. You can cook your own delicious meals that right. aren't processed. And you, and here's a little whisk to do it or whatever. Uh, so yeah, the original Williams-Sonoma is on Broadway. Um, it's not Broadway Avenue, it's Broadway Street. It's just called Broadway, actually, in Sonoma. <laughs> it's funny that um, not far from the plaza, you can see it there. They have a great event space in the back, and they have every single product you didn't know you needed for your kitchen. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's, I go in there, and it's a dangerous place, because I'm like, I of course I need a lime peeler. I have a lemon peeler, but I don't have a lime peeler. Yeah, yeah totally different animals. <laughs> And kumquats are entirely different peelers. It's very fun to explore in there. It though. is a good spot in there. Like, do you have a lot of friends that come visit you from, from back in the day, from San Diego or from school? Yeah, so, fortunately, I'm in a really good location that people want to come visit me now. So That's right. They want to come up there. When you were up in Oregon, it was raining in February and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah, maybe not. Uh, so, yeah, that's the original Williams Cinema Store. Come, come check it out. Uh, here's another question. Does anyone know if strawberries are still being sold on Watma. Um, I just drove by the other day and it was still open. Okay. But I keep forgetting to uh, <laughs> go when they are open. <laughs> exactly. What <laughs> they is, are the best strawberries. And what's this place? Do you remember what the name of the, the strawberry place is on Watma? I've always just called it Watma Strawberries. That is the name. <laughs> that is the name. You're correct. So Watma Strawberries is one of the famous strawberry stands and farms around here. And locals always go there. And um, most people are used to supermarket strawberries, which are bred to be enormous um, and red-ish, but they're not really picked when they're red. And they taste like paste, right? They're not. I will. I mean, I don't care. I'm going to get a letter from some lawyers from, <laughs> from the berry people. But they're not very good strawberries, the ones you get in the store. Yeah, they're very tart. They are tart. Um, and they're, they're overwatered, so they're mm -hmm. watery. Watma strawberries are like these perfect strawberries, and they're like so sweet and so flavorful. And they're not the big mega strawberries. No. Right? And people will bring these in to an office. Usually, someone will pick them up, and they're like, "You have to eat these today, right? Like now." And they just 
because they go away. But you can because you just they're so keep good. Them. Yeah. Um, so I talked to the farmer this morning, and he said that they will probably open. They're going to try to open through November if they can do it. It all depends, of course. Like all farmers say, it depends on frosts and rain, and where they are. But uh, if you see the sign is open off Watma Road, stop by there and get some strawberries. Definitely. So yeah, it's it's a good place. Um, I'm sure, do people ask you a bunch of questions about Sonoma at the farm at, at Charlie's Acres, or are they just sort of like? A lot of times they'll ask for, like, recommendations for wineries or places to go get food. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you, you direct them to SonomaValley.com? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we actually have the uh, brochures at the sanctuary and the Sonoma oh, Valley maps oh, there. So, nice. so, yeah, we can point those places out to people. Kaylee, you're so good. <laughs> Kaylee, I think, do you guys have um, merchandise or, like, a gift shop or something like that at Charlie's Acres. Can you tell me about that? We do. Yeah, we've got some cool stuff. Um, one of the things that I brought today is um, we actually have these custom plushes made of one of our goats named Esperanza. Esperanza the goat. Esperanza. We can only hope that that goat can do well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the reason we have this made and the reason she's so special is um, if you look at her back feet. Yes. Espy was actually born without any back hooves. Um, so what? she uses prosthetics to get around. She has prosthetic feet? She does. And she's so good at using them she's really really gotten used to them she's had them for about two oh. years now okay um, what are they made out of uh they're custom made for her they're um like a hard plastic on the outside they're from a company called OrthoPets that makes prosthetics for animals okay so that was my next question did you convince a person that makes human orthos so there's people no, specialize for animals in pet orthotics yeah okay i love this so sb esperanza the goat plushy yeah okay and esperanza lives there at charlie's acres she does and um Esperanza is a part of our virtual class pet program. So there are kids all over the country mm -hmm. that have kind of adopted her uh, symbolically <laughs> as their class pet. Okay. And then we do video calls with them throughout the year. So we'll actually go on Zoom with these classrooms this is and a Esperanza. Okay. <laughs> Genius class pet. Thank you. Remember people had the hamsters as a class pet and it mm -hmm. would go back once a week with a different kid. And then one kid plays the Russian roulette and the darn thing dies at home. Yeah. And it's not that kid's fault. Because hamsters don't live that long. No. Especially when they move around. And they're not really easy pets for they're young not, people. They're <laughs> not. But there was always someone that had that idea. Yeah. So I love the virtual class pet idea. Yeah. This so, is yeah. probably the program that I'm most proud of at the sanctuary. <laughs> um, but Esperanza is picked a lot actually because she wears prosthetics. Yeah. Um, and so uh, a lot of teachers have told us that it kind of gives them the opportunity to talk about um you know, differently abled individuals in a safer way. Right, right, without like singling out a person or somebody like that. Exactly. So that's wonderful. Okay, and you can buy these at the Charlie's Acres gift shop. Yeah. Okay, and uh, I love that. So, well, thanks for bringing this in. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have one for your desk. <laughs> uh, before we leave, is there anything I forgot to ask you about Charlie's Acres that you're like, Tim, as you're driving away, you should have mentioned that. <laughs> um... I don't know if there's anything you forgot. Just uh, definitely follow us on social media because okay. we have some really adorable videos. And okay. we'll also, um, if you're following us on social media, you'll get notified about the events that we have. Okay. Um, we have our Halloween and Thanksgiving events coming up still. Um, and then uh, in the new year, we'll, um, in spring, we'll start doing some really fun big events. Um, okay. We do our barn crawl, which is... Uh, 
You can uh, walk around the sanctuary, kind of our play on a bar crawl, and you go from barn to barn to try different um, wines and different oh. little vegan appetizers okay. um, while you meet the animals. So, okay. yeah, we've got really fun events for everyone all year long. And the best way is to follow you guys on social media or hit the website. Exactly, yeah. Great. And again, for everyone listening, that's charliesacres.org, O-R-G. Um, Kaylee, you've been wonderful. You've, you've, you went from San Diego to Berkeley to Borneo to... Somewhere in Oregon, <laughs> all the way, and I'm so glad that you landed here in Sonoma. So Me thanks too. For, thanks for coming today. Yeah, thank really you. Uh, and after you've gone to charliesacres.org, please don't forget to go to our own website, sonomavalley.com, and find out deals, special offers, and events, events including ones like they have out at Charlie's Acres. And if you've listened this long, and thank you so much, Mom and Dad, for listening this long, remember to like, comment, subscribe, give us a rating. Just say, you know what? This is worth five goats, five Esperanzas. <laughs> it's just the best podcast ever. That way other people can find it. Uh, make sure you send us questions, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you very much. 